Let's read out loud the text for today. I'll lead us, join with me as we listen to God's word. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. This is the living word of God for us today. Amen. You can be seated. Let's turn in our Bibles to this passage. We're Matthew chapter six, verses 19 to 24. Y'all, we are four months into our study through Matthew five, six, and seven, better known as the Sermon on the Mount. Now, these mini sermons collated by Matthew uh, present to us the most complete and specific description of, of, of the Christian life, of what it means to follow Jesus. Oswald Chambers said this, quote, the Sermon on the Mount is a statement of the life we will live when the Holy Spirit is having his way in us, end quote. How good is that? That summarizes the sermon itself. To the, to the degree that our lives, y'all, align with these words in the sermon is the degree to which we are following Jesus. To the degree that our words, our actions, whatever, don't line up with this is, is the degree to which we are not following Jesus. It's that clear. You know, we've noted in our study through this sermon that y'all, in the Bible, of course, says this, but particularly in the Sermon on the Mount, we note a person who's following Jesus, that life is gonna be radically different, profoundly distinct from, from lives that aren't following Jesus, which would tell us the, the Christian, I, I don't know how else to say this other than say this, if you're following Jesus, you are gonna stick out like a sore thumb in, in, in a general broad sense of a culture that is not following Christ. Now, what may surprise us as we hit this text today, but it's throughout the Bible, is that according to Jesus, one of, and it could be the, based on the attention he gives, but one of, if not the most significant way that a Christ follower will you know, be the odd man out, so to speak, in the culture or stick out, it's not the religious activities that we think about. It's not they go to church. It's not she's in Bible studies. It's not he's a missionary. It, it, uh, may I say this? It's not even where we just spent four weeks, right, in the sermon where, where Jesus talks about things he expects us to do, give, pray, and fast. It's, it's like that's not the big marker according to Jesus. The big marker is how we spend our money and how we handle all our stuff. 
That's a bit of a shocker. If I can be so direct, according to Jesus, how we view what we do with what we have is the litmus test for how we view and what we do with God. Now, we're in this section and we'll unpack this, but what he talks about here, y'all, he talks about in a lot of places. Uh, We begin in six, we're picking up 19 to 24, but I want you to know 19 begins a section that goes to 34. Now, I'm only gonna pick up the first part today and the next week we'll pick up the second. If, If you put some words on the two parts, it would be this. We're gonna talk about wealth today, wealth. And then next week, Rob's gonna pick up the second part, which is about worry. And next week, we're gonna see how worry and wealth are connected. I've got three sections in our text today that Jesus speaks of, and you'll see this on the screen, so you have some idea of how you might outline this. There are two treasures. We're just gonna read it. You know, we go verse by verse here. There are two treasures, 19 to 21. There are two eyes, 22 to 23, and there are two masters. So there you go, two treasures, two eyes, and two masters. And when you look at that, I look at it and go, well, how do those fit together? (laughs) You know, that's what we'll do. As we study the passage, we'll see how they fit together. And when we see it, may I say this to prepare you, and and we do this every week, but in particular this one, may I say, when we understand this passage, it demands a response. It demands a response. All right, two two treasures. Uh, Look in your Bibles. We're going at Matthew, beginning at Matthew chapter six, verses 19 to 21. Jesus says... Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now throughout Uh, This text, Jesus is gonna be building a case, so to speak, if I can put it in those terms. And he's gonna gonna take two things and he's gonna contrast them. And then he's gonna gonna build up a case underneath these two headings. And that's what's behind me. So so there's a reason you'll see why I wanted to do this today. I think visually it can help us to to note that what Jesus is gonna do, he's gonna talk about treasures on earth, okay? We're gonna unpack that. And it's, it's a contrast, okay, with treasures in heaven. And, and when we read this first little section about two treasures, we note those are the two big headings, the two contrasts for the original audience. Treasure was treasure. Like no, no big surprise here, it was treasure. It was that which you value, that which matters to you, that which is precious to you, that's treasure. Now, on, on a concrete level to the original audience, what, what the big categories of treasure for them would be uh, fine clothing. Uh, it, would, it would be um, grain in the barn, in the silo, livestock that's reproducing and healthy. A lot of, got a lot of that. And, and the third thing would be money. And it's all coinage, of course. Um, those, would, those would be the big three. And so when we listen to Jesus here, uh, we're gonna note this. He says, treasure on earth where moth rust and thieves can destroy 
and take away. Now, now look how he, he, he puts this according to those things. Moths, what do moths eat? Clothing, you know, they don't, you know, moths are gonna eat your clothing. That's your treasure. Uh, rust is a little, little different. This word rust uh, literally means eating or consuming. So, you know, it's easy, we kind of look at it and go, oh, metals oxidize. Well, well, they do, but that's not quite what he's saying here. He's speaking about something that makes more sense to say, you know, there's, there's bacteria and worms that will eat all of the, the, the grain you've stored or will get inside all your livestock. You see that idea? So, all, so that can be taken away from you. And then he says, where thieves break in and steal. Thieves break in, break in is literally where thieves dig in. And you go, oh yeah, this is, this is a picture of that, that time and day where you, know, these, when you didn't have safe deposit boxes. You didn't put it in the safe or at the bank. If you had some precious things to you, uh, you would dig a hole in the dirt floor or in the clay wall and you would bury it. So, so really, you know, thieves in that day, they, they didn't need to pick locks. Really, all you needed was a good shovel, you know, and you could break into every house on the block. So the contrast, right, is there's, there's treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves can break in and steal, contrasted with treasure in heaven. And, and, and note, he he says the same things, but here, moth, rust, and thieves, we're gonna note this as we build out our chart here. Where is it treasure on earth? These three things will destroy those things. If it's treasure in heaven, just do the old international symbol here to say, you know what? Moth, rust, and thieves can't touch it. Can't touch it. Jesus, you know, wants us to get our understanding of treasure on earth versus treasure in heaven, not so much by specifics. And I'm gonna work really hard toward the end of our time and through it to try and, because I know, you know, the question on my mind and maybe yours is, is really, okay, guess, what is treasure on earth, Lloyd? What is it? What is treasure in heaven? What is it? You know, I'm gonna argue that Jesus, he didn't get way specific. Now I'll try and extrapolate some specifics. But what he wants us most to understand is what, is what are the characteristics, what's the nature of treasure on earth? What are the characteristics and what's the nature of treasure in heaven? And simply by this first passage, we can note a few things appropriately. We can say this, treasure on earth, it perishes, doesn't it? it <laughs> It, moths eat it, it, it's gone. Versus treasure in heaven, we'll say is imperishable. We know this, that if thieves can take it, then we know that any treasure on earth can be taken away. But if it's treasure in heaven, the opposite, right? It can't be taken away. Let's build out, you know, just some synonyms some, some, in other places in scripture, we understand these things, but clearly treasure on earth uh, is corruptible. It can be corrupted, but treasure in heaven is incorruptible. How about treasure on earth clearly is temporal, 
I'll just say it that way. It's temporary. It, it just doesn't last. It, 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 it's not gonna. Versus treasure in heaven, we note, is eternal. Now, now we could, you know, you see where I'm going? We could build this out, but we begin to pick up these characteristics of treasure on earth versus treasure in heaven. To lay up treasure is, is just what it sounds like. To, to lay up is, is to take something and store it for future use. So that's what we're talking about here. I read a, an article recently uh, in, the, in the New Yorker magazine and it, it, you know, it was about British treasure hunters and it, it had all kinds of intrigue and stuff in it. But the bottom line is when they treasure hunt in, in Britain, they, they get these people, they're a big, big group of them, so to speak, that, that treasure hunt just like we do here. Like let's just take in, in Williamson County or around the, the you know, middle Tennessee. Out, if you're out there with a metal detector, what are you, you're looking for treasure, something precious. Generally, you're probably looking for uh, Civil War artifacts, right? In Britain, y'all, they, they are finding, and what they're looking for is what they call a hoard. And so over there, what they're looking for is not you know, Civil War coins. They're looking for these hoards, which would be this. It would be stuff, valuables, coinage, gold, jewelry, whatever, that the Vikings marauded and took and on the, you know, as they left, the, each Vikings got their little treasure. They don't trust each other, right? So they, what do they do? They, they kind of pick, oh my gosh, I'm, gonna, I'm by that tree, by the road, by the corner. I'm gonna bury my treasure. That stuff's been there for hundreds of years. So now people go out there and they find it. They find the hoard. The, the, the Viking had laid up treasure that they hoped they would come back to, but never did. Now, it's interesting, I, I think, to note that Jesus doesn't forbid laying up treasure, get this, for yourself, right? In fact, because you'd think he might say, don't lay up treasure for yourself. Don't lay up treasure, do something else. He doesn't, y'all. He commands us to lay up treasure, which means all, anyone who follows Christ is a treasure hunter, a treasure collector. But it matters where we put our treasure. Now, 21 is, is really a pivotal verse. Um, if you get this, I honestly kind of get the whole sermon and you're gonna see what I mean here in a moment. But uh, it is pivotal to, to, to understanding this. And um, before I read it, I, I, wanna, I wanna set up reading it in this way. If you've been at fellowship, you know. And if you've been in the Sermon on the Mount, you know, we, Rob and I have been so careful, I think, and intentional to remind us that what the whole sermon is talking about is way more that's on the surface. And we used an iceberg to describe this, right? So, so again, most familiar with, but um, the Christian life and in the Sermon on the Mount and throughout the Bible, it, it never uh, dis, you know, detaches behavior from motive and attitude. You know, we tend to think, we tend to operate on the surface of the iceberg. The tip of the iceberg is behavior. Oh, this is what that person does. But the Sermon on the Mount says, well, yeah, yeah, that matters, but that's also connected to the two thirds under the water that you can't see. That's, that matters just the same, right? Now, one of the ways we've framed this is, is the heart. You all, the Bible speaks of the heart as that control center of life the heart is where you think, feel, desire, and choose. And in the same way that many 
in the Christian life, you know, live the Christian life with the tip of the iceberg out, i.e. by behavior. And Jesus drains the water and says, no, 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 you gotta understand, life with me is about behavior, absolutely, but it's connected to the whole heart. So, uh, you know, oh, you gave a million dollars to something. Where was, your heart, where was the rest of your heart in that? That matters just as much, it always does. And so when he speaks of heart here, don't lose that image and the importance of that. Look at verse 21. For where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. Wow. Okay. Your heart follows your treasure. Said another way, wherever you are, storing treasure, please understand this, that, that is where your heart is. According to Jesus, our, our treasuring and our heart are connected. You can't separate those two. So I wanna add to our chart what Jesus says is wherever that treasure is, y'all, that's where your heart is as well. Well, the implications are pretty profound, you guys. You know, i.e., if, you, if your heart's here, then your heart's right open to those things if your heart's here, so to speak. Now to, now to get to the, to the so what and the implications, we, we've gotta get these next two things because otherwise we'll, 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 we'll shortchange ourselves. It's two treasures, but we gotta go to the two eyes and the two masters, because this all fits together. So let me get those two before we apply it. Look at two eyes in verses 22 and 23. Jesus says, the eye, it's almost like, why did he just switch? I mean, what are we talking about now? Well, he's talking about the same things. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? There's, there's a contrast here. When you look at it, look at these two passages. They, they, they're parallel, these two passages, okay? There's 22 and there's 23. And you note the contrast, and I just have it circled, marked in, in, in my Bible in this way. There is healthy, full of light. Hmm. Contrasted, with bad, full of darkness. So healthy, contrast with bad. Light, contrast with darkness. Everybody with me on that? So, so even on our, on our building out what Jesus is saying to us here, we're gonna note that here we are talking about dark, and here we are talking about light. I will tell you when the Bible speaks of darkness, it's always referring to death, evil, and brokenness. That's darkness. When the Bible speaks of light, the Bible's describing life, wholeness, and good. You see, you just can't get any further apart on these. When we look at the text, we note he says this, he, he, he describes this as, bad, and, and may I say, you know, what is, well, Lord, what does bad mean? It means bad. So, so that's, this is bad, 
Um, it's a little trickier over here because he contrasts bad with healthy. That's kind of a weird contrast, isn't it? You'd think it would be, this is bad, this is good. No, he goes, this is bad, but this is healthy. So we gotta spend a moment on healthy. Uh, it's the Greek word haplous. It, it, it primarily carries the idea of singular. Hold on to that. It, it primarily carries this idea of singular, single. But it also has another meaning. And this is not strange, is it? We have words that mean different, more than one thing. It's also translated in various places, generous. So you gotta hold, hold this healthy, the idea is singular, and then the idea is generous. And this makes sense, does it not, in our context? What's the whole passage about? Wealth, stuff, your money. Are you generous, right, with it? I'll talk about the singular focus in a moment. What the, what the eye chooses to focus on brings either death or life. That's what he's saying here. Um, and I know, you know I could step on some toes on this, but just, I just want you, this is... This is a little, this is spiritual and physical. What you spend your time, what, what we spend our times looking at is gonna either be light or darkness. You know, th you think about what do you look at a lot? It, it sheds light or darkness in our hearts to some degree. All right, two eyes, two treasures, two eyes. We're gonna bring it all together in a moment. We've gotta get the last part, two masters. Look at verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So now we go, okay, we're talking about treasures on earth and, and, and Jesus says, he calls this money. We got money on one side, we have God on the other. Money, by the way, here, in some of your Bibles, it's, it is translated mammon and, and, and the Greek, the, the word itself means an abundance of material Possessions. That's what it's mammon. And by the way, it didn't have the negative connotations we give it today. Originally, it was if I was going on a trip and, and I, it's like this, it's what you entrust to someone. That was called mammon. So I'd say, hey, I'm gonna leave my house with you in your hands. Will you keep my mammon? And they'd go, sure. You know, it was not a negative word. We hear it today and we go, mammon. You know, because it, it now carries this idea. And it's interest, it is interesting to me that that which was once defined as what's entrusted to us has now become that which we trust in. We trust in the, what's been entrusted to us. Ooh, there's a lot in that. Um, so so we've, either, we've either got, you know, and, and again, mammon, money, it, it, it is what it's saying. It's material wealth. Now, Jesus is so emphatic on this. I want you to look in your text. 
No one means how many people? It, okay, so you know, so it's just strong, isn't it? He says, no one can. And then he repeats himself at the end. He says, let me get more, if you don't believe me, let me talk to you. You cannot. So you see, he, it's very, very emphatic. And he's so strong, strong to say that if you, if you choose one, listen, you will despise and hate the other. This is such strong language. If you choose this one, you'll despise and hate. You see what I'm saying? It, it, it is strong. I think it's worth noting that when he says hate, he's not speaking here, you guys, of uh, the emotion. Like, you know, I hate you, you know, kind of like I hate Florida football, but that's, you know, <laughs> I know everyone doesn't. Um, but it's not that kind of hate, it's this. You remember when Jesus says, unless you hate your mother and father and, and, and your, your things, you can't follow me. Remember that when he says you gotta hate your mom and you, you can go, wait, hate my mom? That? No, no, so, so, so hate here carries the idea of priority. What's the first, what's the priority of your life? Because if your priority's not me, yes, even above your family and your mom and dad, then you can't follow me. He's being that strong. It's that idea. What's, what's your allegiance and your priority in life? And Jesus says, it, it's gotta be me. Now, with this, Jesus does something that I did, I did the boards in part just for this. Because on that last statement, what Jesus does is he takes these two options and he separates them. And so I wanted us to just go, you know what? Oh my gosh. He separates them such that I can't separate them far enough. Because the bottom line and what Jesus is saying is, is that these two things you all are as far, can, can I'll use a different biblical term. They're as far as east is from west. They're, they're just, there, you can't get to each one. And, and I did this visually because I want us to know, I think our tendency is, is to keep them close, at least close enough I can have one foot in one and one foot in the other. And Jesus says, that's not possible. And there's no middle ground. Well, you know, I'm kind of in the middle. <laughs> there is no middle. You are either here or you are here and there is no I'm in between. Now, we have to make a choice, don't we? I'm gonna walk us through just a little bit more preparation for our application if I can. And I'm gonna throw some stuff up on the side screen that'll help us get here. And then the application's quite Simple is, is one word I could say. It's not easy, but it is, it's not complicated. Let's do this first. What is Jesus not saying? I think this is so important. Let me tell you three things he's not saying. He's not saying, hey, it's wrong to have wealth. He didn't say that. Um, you can have a lot. It's not wrong to have things a lot of money and a lot of stuff. Um, 
I'm gonna talk about the warnings, of course, that come with that, but that's, that's not wrong. The second thing he's not saying is we need to give everything away and live in poverty. Some actually take things that way. Uh, that's, that's not what Jesus is saying here. So, so see the, the, the antidote, if you will, to making sure I'm putting treasure in heaven is not I'm gonna get rid of everything I have on earth and live with nothing. No, biblical wisdom is to save for the future. It's to provide for your family. Uh, hey, have it all. But, but steward it well. You see what I'm saying? This, this is biblical Christianity and biblical faith. It's not, uh, you know, I, I need to get rid of all that I've earned. Not at all. Third thing he is not saying is don't enjoy the things of this earth. Y'all, we should be enjoying the gifts of this life, material, physical, in every way, more than anyone who doesn't know Christ. Because we know who made it, who created it, and who entrusted it to us. We, we should be relishing in, in the gifts of life on this planet, all parts of it. We should be the greatest stewards, environmentalists, um, chefs and cooks and artists and all of these things. It, it, it matters and we, we, we can enjoy it completely and fully by all means. Jesus is by no means saying, you know, this earth stinks and you need to wait till you get to heaven, then you'll really get the good stuff. No, you know, heaven will come to this earth. This earth matters and how we treat it matters. May we drink deeply of all, all that God entrusts to us. So there's three things Jesus is not saying. So, okay, Lloyd, well, then what is he saying? Okay, we're getting there little by little. Let me tell you three things he is saying. The first I would suggest is this, wealth is not neutral. To the degree you think that what you own doesn't have power over your heart, uh, we're de you're deceived. Everything we do own, you know, that, that, we, that we have has the power to distort the heart. Which is why even Jesus said, you know, for a, wealth, for a wealthy person, it's difficult, you know, it, it's just with stuff comes that. And so we, got, we, we, we need to be aware of that. We don't have to apologize for what we have, but by all means, do not think that all you have is neutral. It's just, it's just stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and, it's, and, the, and the enemy of your soul will use it in ways that are not good for your heart. It's not neutral. Uh, secondly, what and I said this earlier, what you look at is what you become. I, you know, it's, isn't it interesting? He throws this passage about the eyes in here. We, what, what we look at, we become, it, 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 what we look at is like, it, it, it multiplies within us like germs on a Petri dish, you know? I'm gonna look at, I'm gonna look at, I'm gonna look at, and it, it shapes our hearts. Thirdly, what Jesus is saying is, listen to Dylan. Bob Dylan, you're gonna have to serve somebody. Some of us are familiar with the, with the song. You know, Bob Dylan, kind of in those Christian years, so to speak, you know, he, he writes this song and I, I, when you read the lyrics, it's fascinating. It's, it, you know, cause he goes through, and I'm just gonna read it. He goes, you, you may be an ambassador to England or France. You may like to gamble. You may like to dance. You may be the heavyweight champion of the world. You may be a socialite with a long string of pearls. 
but you're gonna have to serve somebody, you know, as the chorus goes. And then it's like, when I'm reading the lyrics, it's almost like he could still be talking about this because he just goes, you could be a rock and roll addict, prancing on the stage, you could have drugs at your command, women in a cage, you may be a businessman or some high degree thief, you may call the doc, you may call the doctor, they may call you chief, but you're gonna have to serve. And then he just, you may be this, you may be that, you may be this, you may have this, you may not have, and he just goes on after every one of them, he goes, but you're gonna have to serve somebody. And that is what Jesus says, you will serve someone. There there is no escaping it. And you will either serve God with a little G or God with the big G. There there, There is no in between. Okay, that's what he's not saying. Here's what he's saying, okay, what do we do? This, this is not gonna be rocket science by any means. We always ask him in this Sermon on the Mount, because Jesus says, follow me, this is what it means to follow me. So we say, Jesus, what, it mean, what, is, what does this particular passage mean for me to follow you? And I'm gonna suggest it at least means this. Start now and never stop laying up treasure in heaven. It's start now and never stop laying up treasure in heaven. It's, I say start now, and the reason I say that is we can often think, when I get a lot of stuff, I'm gonna give. That's not life with God. Because it's really not the amount you have, it's the condition of your heart. And in Christ, we can start right now putting treasure in heaven, regardless of the amount in our bank account or you know, on our ass, in the amount of assets we have. Now, I've tried to, I'm, I keep trying to narrow this down and narrow this down to get to, okay, okay, what is treasure in heaven, Lloyd? What, you, what is treasure on earth? Um, I'm trying to be careful and not get too specific only because Jesus doesn't, right? Jesus just says, look, here's the nature of treasure on earth. Here's the, the nature of treasure in heaven. Use your brain. Use your, the spirit within you to go, mm, I, I get these things. Now, here's one way we can get at it. I'm gonna invite you to do a little mental exercise with me. I know this is silly, but stay with me. Um, I want you to imagine in your mind's eye that you're going on a trip and you go to the airport. You got a carry-on bag. So you, you take your carry-on bag and you have to, you know, you got to go through security, right? Well, done this. So you got to put the, the bag carry-on's got to go through security because I got to see if there's anything in there that can't get on the plane. And then you gotta take every, you know, do everything, put it in the trays, let that go through. And then you go up to the scanning machine. And so then you go into the scanner, right? And you say, you know, step out. You know, if you're like me, I always, sir, step over here. Oh my gosh, I have my pencil in there. Give us my pencil. I want you to imagine that, but here's, here's the, I know this sounds like a Pixar movie, but imagine you're, you're taking that trip, but, Y'all, this is, this is your trip to heaven. Just this is your trip to heaven. You, you, you've died. <laughs> and so this scanning machine uh, will detect anything that, that can't go in. So anything that can't go in is gonna fit under this category. And the only things that can go in are gonna fit in this category. Does that make sense? So now, so, oh, oh, <laughs> you know, 
What's going, what, what am I gonna go? I gotta take off all my clothes, you know? Well, the fact is you, your body wouldn't even go theologically, right? What's gonna go through is your soul, your heart. That's one way to think about treasure on earth and treasure in heaven because if, if, um, if it can't get through the, 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 the heavenly scanner, so to speak, you know, I'm, I'm using that in a silly way, uh, then it's treasure on earth, just name it. So that's treasure on earth, it's not gonna make it. Let's come at it from a posi- more of a positive side and, and, and do it this way. Clearly, treasure in heaven is imperishable, it can't be taken away, it's incorruptible, it's eternal, it's forever. That, that's, 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 those are real things, but that's the nature of them. So when we look at our Bible, um, we go, okay, okay, what in here, what in here fits that category? I'm gonna help you on this. The Bible says the word of God lasts forever. Okay, the, the Bible says that your soul lasts forever. And then it says, um, we could say faith, hope, and love. These things abide. So faith, hope, and love lasts forever. We could, if I'm trying to, you know, try, again, trying to put some flesh on this, you could get your, your Christ-likeness lasts forever. Anything else you could think of? Relationships. We gotta be careful here because there's no marriage in heaven. Your house, you know, I mean, you know, you can go with this. No, no, no your life insurance policy. Mm. <laughs> Not that the stuff doesn't go. Now, you know that saying, you can't take it with you. Can't take it with you. You know that's that's kind of half true. Because you, you know you can't take anything with you when you die. That's true. However, the life of a disciple is nothing more than this. This is where it's not all true. You can't take it with you. The life of a Christ follower is this. A Christ follower takes the the time they're given on earth, which isn't forever, it's limited. And all the stuff you're given on earth, I don't care if you have $8 billion, but all that stuff, you take what it, or, or you have 10. That's also limited and not forever. But you take your time and you take your stuff and you use it, you, you, you steward it. Use, you use it in ways, I'm just gonna be as clear as I can be, you use it in ways that help people come to faith in Jesus, that they're gonna be in heaven. You use it in ways that help shape Christ and other people. Clearly the scripture says you use it in ways that help the needy and the poor and those less fortunate. In other words, this is, it, this is exciting. We get to use mammon in ways that glorify God and last forever. Such that when you die, yes, when you die, you know, it's naked, you're born naked, you go. You, 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 don't, you don't take it with you, but the truth is you can, i.e., send it ahead. And so our our life, one way to look at the Christian life is sending it all ahead because 
It'll be there forever. I'm gonna invite the band to come back out because we're gonna conclude here with a song in a moment. I wanna, I wanna, I said I'd come back to that healthy eye is a singular eye. Um, Before you drag this layer, let me just do this real quick. Because I said singular, I want you to see this, you guys. Singular, singular focus. When When your heart is singularly focused, not this, singularly focused on God. You with me here? Then and only then, Larry, you can grab that. Then and only then can your heart be satisfied. That's it. Have, a, have, have more than a singular focus on God. Have you, have you focus on God and, focus on God and, focus on God and. Uh, you, your heart will never be satisfied because there's no and that can satisfy the heart, only God. If I, if I try to boil it down again to say, okay, what's treasure on earth? What's treasure in heaven? Maybe I say it like this. Treasure in heaven is everything waiting on you when you die. That's treasure in heaven. Treasure on earth is everything you have in life. So am I using everything I have in life to put treasure in heaven? When you and I, this is the choice, and this is where I'm encouraging you, we're gonna sing, but but I want you to reflect and let the Spirit speak to you. The choice is, which, which will you choose? Because you can't, there's a gap here. I'm telling you, you can't put one foot in both sides. When we choose treasure on earth, may I say this, and this is why it traps us, quite frankly, or sure, sure struggle for me. So when you choose treasure on earth, here's the dastardly thing. You may get a lot of it. It's pretty, I got a lot. You know what I'm saying? People get a lot of it. And, and, and they sure seem happy and I, I want they sure do a lot of fun stuff, whatever. If you choose treasure on earth, you may get boatloads. But the Bible says you have nothing. You have nothing. When we choose treasure in heaven, may I say this? You, you may not get much in this life. I don't know. Or you may get a lot. It, it doesn't matter. Regardless, if you choose treasure in heaven and live your life for treasure in heaven, can I say this? You have everything, everything that matters. And it's yours, listen, forever. No moss, no rust, no thieves. Yours forever. As we sing these words together, let's stand. Uh, It's a good reminder to us. There is but one treasure worthy There's but one treasure that captures our hearts, just one. Just one treasure that satisfies the soul, and that is God himself in Christ Jesus. This, let this be our our monocular, right? Single vision in life.